Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. All right, the Buckeyes made a very nice hire yesterday. Ryan Day bringing in former NFL head coach Joe Philbin. Uh, he was head coach at the Miami Dolphins for you know, a little more than three years. Uh, he got fired in a few games in his fourth season. Someone named Brian Hartline played for him with the Dolphins. And beyond being a former NFL head coach, Joe Philbin has extensive experience as an NFL offensive coordinator and O-line coach. He's coming here to help out with the O-line. I absolutely love this. Bax, your thoughts? Well, how much have we talked over the years about Alabama essentially having a second shadow staff, right? And they're all listed as analysts, right? I think that that's the way of the future. Look, with there being a cap on the number of assistant coaches you can have, the reality is that assistant coach designation is is two things. One is on-field coaching and the other one is recruiting, right? Those are the two roles that those, those designated coaches take. A guy like Philbin's essentially going to be involved in everything else. I mean, he's a he's a big-time name to have. He's a great offensive mind to have. If you're Ryan Day and you're worried about the offensive side of the ball getting a little bit less of your attention, then I think this is a great move because you have another great offensive mind there that's familiar with Brian Hartline that you can have on hand to help you with your game planning. So, yeah, I, I love this. I, I want two more guys, three more guys like him. This is a Saban move, and it's, it's what they've been doing forever. And I, I think – if you have the money to do it, you should be doing it. And this is Ohio State. We have the money. They sure do. And, it, I mean, it, is this? A, it's a little bit of a change in philosophy for Ryan Day that I've noticed over the last couple of years. It used to be too many cooks in the kitchen. Then he brought in some analysts. Um, he wasn't really hitting the portal hard. This year they brought in eight yeah. scholarship players in the portal. You're seeing the evolution of Ryan Day, in my opinion, with his coaching staff and his approach to the portal. Well, and this is what you want from the guy, right? He's going to learn a little bit as he goes. We talked about this going back to the day he was hired, that Ohio State is not a job to learn on. And we've seen a little bit of that learning from Ryan Day for all of his talent, for all of his ability. The bottom line is I think he's the first first time head coach at Ohio State in almost a century. And there's a reason for that. We've seen him learn. We've seen him evolve. We've seen him you know, he leaned in hard on what he did really well at first. He spent a couple of years trying to be like, look, I want somebody to take the defense. I want somebody to take the defense. Jeff Halfley took the defense and it was great. Why can't somebody else take the defense? And now he's realizing he has to be the CEO head coach, right? He's understanding that he has to be recruiting just as well on the defensive side of the football as he is on the offensive side of the football. He's understanding that as we get into this modern era in college football, you have to be on point with the NIL collectives. You have to be able to get into the transfer portal and utilize those other schools as your own recruiting base. So if you're Ohio State, these are all things you want to see from Ryan Day. Now, the big evolution that everybody's watching is going to say, well, this is good. I'm glad Ryan's learning. Let's see him learn in Ann Arbor this year. So, yes, that's the next one to get to. We all agree on that one. But you are seeing him not be obstinate and stuck in his ways. And maybe that's because he's a younger guy. I mean, he's only in his mid forties, right? So that's potentially another side of this too, is that he's more likely to adapt than a, a stuck in his way, 60 year old. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing, like when they lost Kevin Wilson, they um, promoted Keenan Bailey um, to tight ends coach. And from all accounts, you know, everybody loves Keenan Bailey. He's a good recruiter uh, coach on the rise, 
But still, you lose like a veteran coach like Kevin Wilson. It kind of felt like there was a void there. I want to be clear. Yeah. We there, there was a question: has has Ryan Day lost some faith in Justin Fry? No, I don't think oh, no. that's the case. At nothing all. to do with I mean, that. I don't think. No, but um, but it is nice to have, and you know, because Kevin Wilson helped out a lot with the offensive line, as we know. I mean, yeah, he he was an offensive lineman. He cut his teeth in the coaching business as an O line coach. So this kind of, you know, it's the best of both worlds. You get the young coach on the rise. Keenan Bailey, but I still felt like there was a void. And now he's filled that void tenfold, in my opinion. So you get mm-hmm. Keenan Bailey gets the promotion. You bring in Joe Philbin as an analyst to help with the O-line. It's just a great situation. Yeah, he's filling that sensei role a little bit. So right. uh, I think that that might be kind of that niche that you're talking about here. And that's important to have, right? At the end of the day, you want a veteran guy there, especially when the rest of the staff on the offensive side of the ball is younger. Right. You've got Ryan Day in his 40s. You've got Brian Hartline. You know, these are younger guys having somebody who's been around, been around the block and can sort of football's a cyclical game. If you look at the offenses, I vividly remember Joe Paterno uh, back when Urban Meyer started the whole Urban Meyer and Rich Rod were the two progenitors of the power spread with the QB runner. You need the numbers mismatch inside the tackles. Joe Paterno's like, well, I'm just running the wing K. Right. Football is cyclical. Right. We're going to see. You know, Steve Spurrier's fun and gun is elements are coming back into the game already now. Every 20, 30 years, some of these things that go out of style come back into style. And having somebody with the experience that Philbin does is going to allow Ohio State to evolve with the times. And that's a great thing. You need that extra guy that has that experience because OSU really didn't have that. And that's a good thing to bring in. There's nothing bad about this hire that I can say. Absolutely nothing. I like it. And a guy that we don't talk about a lot who's a really good analyst on this staff is Todd Fitch. Another guy that has extensive experience in the coaching world. He's been on staff now for three years. If you watch last year's games or the previous year when C.J. Stroud would trot off the field, usually the first guy he would talk to would be Todd mm-hmm. Fitch. And I seem to recall they added a pretty good uh, defensive analyst named James Laurinaitis. He's actually a grad assistant, technically. Yeah, right. You know, we've talked about this on the show. He is the linebacker's coach. Like He is yeah. the linebacker's coach. He's running the linebacker room, but they're able to add him as a grad assistant. I mean, Ryan Day is just cleaning up. You had James Laurinaitis, and now you had Joe Philbin. I'm here for it. Yeah, this has been a good offseason of hiring for Ryan Day. I don't think there's any question about it. And the Laurinaitis one we could talk for another hour about. I can go get my signed James Laurinaitis hard hat over there if I need to. I think everybody loves having This is like our generation's version of, well, why don't we hire Chris Spielman? Except we did it, so it's good. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing for a long time. Spielman finally got a, his coaching job. He He's the head coach of the uh, Columbus Destroyers here in the town. Destroyers. Coaching. Yeah, and he, uh, that was the thought for many years. You're right, that Spielman would be, you know. He actually interviewed for the job when Trestle got it. Everybody yeah. thought Glenn Mason was going to get it. Spielman got an interview. Trestle obviously got the job. And uh, Was it Mike Bellotti, the other one that they almost gave it to as well? Yeah, he, he flew in. There was talk that he, like, turned it down, but I was told he never was actually offered the job. I think it probably didn't matter. He's probably using that as leverage to get more money from Oregon. Yeah, but he was. everybody was like, "Oh, they're gonna hire this one double A coach from Youngstown State." You're damn right they are. By the way, that little uh, coach from uh, Youngstown State won four national titles at Youngstown State, and then came to Ohio State and won one his second year, as we all know. All right, moving right along, I gotta get your thoughts on this. I, I ranted about this on Monday. I wrote a story about it yesterday. Pete Thamel's Great reporting, unearthing the fact that Kevin Warren is somehow even more incompetent than we thought, which I didn't think was humanly possible. Yeah, right. The TV deals are not done yet. They're going to get less money than expected. I mean, it's just – and of all of the dumb things to go along with, you know, what he did here, that 
What takes the cake for me is he awarded the 2026 Big Ten Championship game to NBC without getting Fox's permission, and Fox owns the rights to that game. So now Fox sent a bill to all the Big Ten schools. You owe us right around $3 million each because that game's worth $40 million. Anyway, Kevin Warren, incompetence, go. <laughs> I, I, I'm at a loss for words because this one's even stupider than some of the other stuff you've done. Do you know how you track who has the rights to your games? You get an Excel spreadsheet and you make a little list. It's not a complicated sheet. Championship game. Fox. That's all. That's all. This is like, for a guy who's supposed to be this educated, high-powered lawyer, thank God the Bears took him. Because he's absolutely going to go down as the worst commissioner I can think of. At the end of the day, it's just, this guy is unbelievable. Every time he does like, like every time he does something reasonably decent, he has to one up it with a complete catastrophe. How do you screw up the TV negotiations? You're a lawyer, and by the way, you have an incredibly valuable property. This should be simple. Put it in a spreadsheet. Here's your game offerings. Put a little highlight from blue for NBC. Put a little highlight in green for Fox. It's not hard. This guy is, thank God he's gone, is all I got to say, because the depths of incompetence that Kevin Warren brought in his supernova of failure during his tenure, it's it's incredible that somehow this guy got USC and UCLA to come. Uh, maybe at the end of the day, that was something that was going to happen anyways, and he just happened did, to be the guy on the spot. Did he get or, or did Gene Smith? Did, did Gene Smith do it? I was going to say. Yeah, and Gene right. Smith has essentially been the commissioner this whole damn time. Yeah, Gene's like, come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Just say, yes, we're allowed to play this year. Just just do it. Oh, my God. Kevin Warren being gone is a gift to the Big Ten. It's frustrating, but poor Justin Fields can't get away from him. Um, <laughs> he's now with the Bears. I, but he's like – it's not like he's the GM of the Bears. He likes to take care of the business side. So hopefully he can't mess up anything on the football side for the Bears. Although he'll probably they just hired a guy to run their business side who just screwed up TV negotiations for the Big Ten. Talk about failing your way upward. Look, I would love to suck at my job and get a, another one that pays me just as much. Right? It's incredible how incompetent some of the people in charge are in this. And it just. And this is this isn't just Kevin Warren. There's a lot of incompetent people running things. But like I know so many good, hardworking, competent people that would do such better jobs. You and I could negotiate these TV deals. They're, it's not like it's rocket science. Here's the data. Here's what we think it's worth. Here's our properties. Go. And there was plenty of competition too. Like Amazon was in on it. They had options. It wasn't like they. Or it was just NBC that was bidding on it and CBS. At least everything with CBS seems copacetic. That's good. Fox is pissed. Here's the other part. Um, you know, people are just like, well, you know, it was COVID or nothing he really could have done then. At least they had somewhat of a season. No, no. Now they have to pay back $25 million to Fox because of the games that were canceled during the COVID season. And again, you didn't can't need say, to well, his hands were tied there. No, they weren't. Last time I checked, the SEC didn't cancel games. Last time mm -hmm. I checked, the ACC didn't cancel games that year. So now the Big Ten has to pay back an additional $25 million on top of the $40 million. And the NBC deal is not going to be as large as expected. So right there, even without the N NBC deal, they're $65 million less than what they thought. And then that's going to be even more than that because NBC is going to take some cash off because of everything that's going on. Yep. I mean, this, this maroon who made millions of dollars in three years in charge cost the Big Ten 
80 million dollars is probably the reality 80 to 100 million dollars net negative for this guy and he parlayed it into the bears job i have no doubt backs and maybe i'm reaching here i have no doubt that maybe because there was other you know very prominent people in, in the mix for the bears job i wonder if because there was a lot of a lot of just celebratory you know conversation after the big 10 signed that deal, which they didn't sign the deal, it turns out. I wonder if that was what pushed Kevin Warren over the top to get the Bears job. It's like, wow, look at this, you know, unbelievable TV deal that he – or deals, plural, that he negotiated. You know, look at what he Maybe did. Maybe the other side of it is, is that everybody in the Big Ten played it up like it was a win just to get rid of him. Like, yeah, 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 great. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a shame we're losing Kevin Warren. Oh, look how great he did at this. Oh, man, we are so broken up. You lucky Bears bastards. Oh, man. Oh, good job. Oh, man, can't believe they took Kevin. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. Yeah, I was happy when that news broke that he was going to the Bears. I did feel bad for, for Jay Fields, but not bad enough where I, I wasn't. He could take one for the team here. Yeah, and again, he's not the GM or anything. I mean, he's got a – Actually, a better job than that, but he's not doing football stuff. All right, got to ask you about this. What in the world is going on at Michigan? It's one thing after another. The latest being they hire Shemmy Schembechler, and then they fire him the next day because he was liking a bunch of like racist tweets and stuff. And I don't no, know. No, it wasn't how- just racist tweets. He was liking tweets that supported slavery. <laughs> like, yeah, there was stuff like he was saying stuff like you know Jim Crow helped like black Americans. It's like what um, segregation helped black Americans? Like what? A, what an idiot. Anyway. Um, Matt Weiss, how is this not a bigger story? I mean, it happened like months ago. Matt Weiss, for those who don't remember, the offensive coordinator at Michigan was fired for improperly accessing computers. His house was raided. And we have had no other information on that. If that happened at Ohio State, it would be like the lead story for like a month. And I, I don't, and it's been one thing after another with Michigan. I know we're, yeah, Ohio it would State be Epstein, Ohio it. State Island if it was here. Like, let's oh be real. God. Like, like that's what the implication has been with the Weiss thing is, is that he accessed some super inappropriate stuff, right? And like we have not gotten a clear explanation on that. But like, if your program has a guy like that in it, shouldn't that be something that we should have the information on? And I'm not saying this because they're our rivals. I'm saying it because like this is a place that's like employing people that works with young adults. That's bad. That's really bad. Uh, the 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 cover-ups that we have seen and this sort of stuff uh, recently never end up staying covered either. So if they're just trying to kick the can down the road and then try to play the, well, that was a while ago game, then, you know, that's that's going to end up really bad with egg on their face. And then the Shemmy Schembechler thing, I mean, like, I don't even know how you don't ha- be aware of that, right? It's already horrible to be having like a view that slavery or Jim Crow was a good thing. That's one of the darker periods in American history. But then in a sport where you're working with the majority of African-American young men, you're hiring a guy that openly is liking tweets, favoring the, it's just, it's crazy to me. It's just absolutely crazy to me. And so, yeah, they've got a whole run of stuff up there. That's not going well. And I think they're just trying to whistle past the graveyard on it and hope people ignore it. Uh, but you're right. If this is Ohio State and any of this stuff was happening, I mean, it would be like you know, ESPN would have like 17 investigation teams setting up with half hour hits at the horseshoe right now about the combination of racism and pedophilia going on at Ohio State. So, yeah, there's a problem right there. It needs to be answered 
pretty clearly. And to their credit, at least with the Schembechler thing, they did go, whoa, nope, out. And it was on. Uh, it was some honesty about what had happened. But the flip side of it is we don't know what happened with the Weiss thing. We still haven't gotten a clear answer on it. And that's there's something being covered there, and that, that's going to have to come to daylight sooner or later. That's what blows my mind. I was going to ask you that. Do you think something will? You just answered it. You, you think we will find out? Because initially I was like, oh, we'll definitely find out. It now, always no, comes no, out. Definitely. The question is, is it going to come out in a week? Is it going to come out in a month? Or is it going to be something they sit on for three years and go, well, that was four years ago. Oh, who cares now? Nobody cares now. That was That's ancient history. No, we, we learned from it. That's not us today. And that's that's the strategy half the time is bury it and be like, well, that was so long ago. Come on, really? Yeah, you're probably right. Great stuff out of Matt Baxendale. You can catch this column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thanks to the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.